What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. My name is John Kroom and thank you guys so much for coming back week to week and listening. It's so cool to see the listener rate just trend upward as well as the subscriber rate. And if you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a review because it really helps out a lot and it helps us get cool guests. And that leads into our next guest, which is Magnus Sheffield. Magnus Sheffield just set the individual pursuit record in the junior category which is insane because he doesn't have much of a track background. He's got a little bit of cycle cross, a little bit of road, but I mean, this kid is super talented. Uh, he just signed with Rally Pro Cycling for the 2021 season. We dive into that. We get to chat a little bit about how that came about, what is his goals for his future, and what what it all looks like for 2021, especially in this current pandemic, to sign a contract on a pro cycling team that's trying to make it into the world tour as well as living out of Europe. Um, it should be interesting. It's a good one. And he has a good head on his shoulders. I felt like I was talking to a seasoned world tour pro, and he's you know 18 years old. So it's unreal. Um, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Let's dive into it. This episode is brought to you by Spot. Guys, I've crashed way more times than I would like to admit, but it wasn't until recently when I was without health insurance that the crash really affected my life. I got stuck with a $5,000 medical bill because I had a deductible with the secondary insurance that I was using, which is a long, long, crazy story. But anyways, long story short, I was stuck with a $5,000 medical bill because that was the deductible. And honestly, if I knew about Spot, I would have totally been covered. Spot has no deductible and is a monthly subscription and can be canceled at any time. Spot works with you whether you have health insurance or not. While Spot works with and covers many cyclists and mountain bikers, Spot policy covers you 24-7 worldwide. Whether you're ripping a crit, skiing a black diamond, chopping your food up in the kitchen, or even hiking Mount Everest. And which is great because I just bought a pair of skis and I'm on my way to head out to the mountains and luckily I will be covered by Spot this go around. So anyways, if you guys wanna check out more about Spot, all you have to do is go to croom.getspot.com. That is croom.getspot.com. That's C-R-O-O-M.getspot.com. You could also just check them out in the link in the description below. And uh, yeah, let's get back to the episode. What's going on, guys? Good morning. I'm sitting here with the new world record holder, Magnus Sheffield. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, where where do you even start? You just broke the junior world record in uh, pursuing. Uh, you don't really have much of a track, but I guess you do. You have a little bit of a track background, right? Like, where does that all kind of stem from? Yeah, so the first time I rode the track was last year. I went out to one of the ODP camps. Um, because I had kind of thought about trying to go for this record, uh, but I didn't really, I didn't have my own bike. I don't have, I don't live by a track. Um, and so there were a lot of like these unknown kind of pieces in. Um, and then like, I, I don't want to say like with COVID, like things kind of went my way, but. Um, That's okay. You can say that. Cause I, I mean, I feel like I've said that a few times on this podcast where I feel like yeah. for most pro cyclists, I feel like COVID has been, maybe a bit of a relief I, don't, I wouldn't think it would be a relief for you but no I mean in spite of like everything happened like I I like to try to be a lot more optimistic about a lot of things and kind of look at the positive side and like um this past summer like I got to train incredible amount like completely uninterrupted from traveling and all kind of like that extra um like the negative side to uh, the racing um although like I was missing out on all these really big races and uh, all these missed opportunities, but I also felt like it opened up a lot of different open doors. And so I was super fortunate about that happening. And obviously like I spent three months in Colorado Springs and I got to meet a bunch of people, a lot of coaches, and um, I'm super thankful for kind of like the opportunity to uh, open that door up for me. No, yeah, that's, that's super cool. And so like, yeah, like how, so you, when did you decide like, okay, I'm still going to go for this because with the ODP kind of phasing away, they've mm -hmm. just come out recently, I guess, what this week with the ODA. Yep. But I think that has something to do with a little bit more of a wide range of athlete, but, um, right. but uh, what, yeah. So how did the, how did the first step with the ODP go? And for people that don't know the ODP, it's uh, the Olympic development program that I think was privately funded, which was coached mm -hmm. by Lee Povey and Ben Sharp. And it was track only focused. Yep. 
um, yeah, so I reached out to Ben and I actually sent like an email out to like Nate Wilson because uh, he was the performance manager at that time. Is before Jim came back uh, to yeah. use cycling. So I sent an email out to him, I think Gary um, and Ben. And I just said, hey guys, I have this crazy idea. How can I make this happen? Or what are the steps that I need to do? And then they kind of, I don't know, I didn't get like negative feedback, but they were a little skeptical and like, Um, Yeah, like I had to jump through some hoops. And so that first one was, all right, I have to go to this camp. And of course, I didn't own a bike. I had a road bike and time trial bike, but I don't have a track bike. Um, And so Ben said, yeah, like, it's okay to come. Uh, And so I went there. um, I jumped through all the hoops, did all like the, uh, they do like a lot of time standards. So I did all the time standards. And then I did a 3k there. And I did like a 319 or something um just like isn't that crazy to think about yeah it's pretty funny yeah Um, there were also like a lot of things that like i didn't really like it was a bike the position was horrendous yeah um (laughs) and like who knows if even the position was illegal like i had these like 2000 or like it felt like 1990 like handlebars like it's just like pretty funny but i mean it got the job done yeah and so that was last November. And then after that, like, I didn't ride the track at all. Like, I was just focusing on road. I really want to focus on the classics in the beginning of the season. Um, and then also, um, the main target was to do uh, the world in Switzerland, which was going to be really hilly. Um, and so, like, I was managing my weight and really focusing on, like, that climbing aspect. Um, and also the time trial, of course. Um, and it wasn't until about, I would say, like, I think it was like August now that they like officially canceled junior worlds. And that's when I said, all right, like this isn't going to happen. Like I sat down with my coach and like my parents and also like my team manager, Toby. And I just said like, all right, (laughs) it's kind of a, it's a pretty shitty situation. Like how can we make anything out of this? Because the season, like for me, at least it felt like, like COVID, like we raced in the beginning of the year in February, March, we kind of raced. And then it was like, um, they were, we were going to go to Europe and then it wasn't, it was just always kind of like this postponing of events. Yeah. And we, like, I can, I was continue training like the entire time throughout it. Um, but it wasn't until like August where it's like, all right, really nothing that we thought was going to happen was going to happen. And so then I said, all right, like I want to try now pursue this, uh, record because it was something I'd plan on doing after the world's um either way so like even if mm-hmm. track worlds didn't happen yep. like maybe you got a shot at road worlds but yep. <clears throat> either way you were gonna go for this record is that why yeah. you were here in the springs because you got here pretty early right yep. I, would say. So, I flew i flew into the springs august 20th i want to say oh, okay um and so for a while like it was hard for me to get into the otc because like i'm not on the olympic long list and mm-hmm. um Luckily, they were able to give me permission to come on campus and be able to start training on the velodrome. But I didn't start until like the second week in September. So I was staying at like um, friends' houses and like um, just kind of hanging around until I got permission to come on. Um, Pierce, I would assume. Yep, I stay with Pierce and then also Mike Creed. And those are two awesome guys. Yeah, Um, when I first moved here, that was the basement I lived in, man. So the amount of people that have come through that basement, it's kind of funny. No, that's funny. No, Jeff's awesome. And so then, like, I had to do, like, the quarantine uh, re-entry into the uh, the training center. And But once I was there, it was really nice. Like, I had my own apartment. Um, Megan was just across the hall from me. So, like because before like I was just on my own yeah um so it was really nice that like have people to train with and like eat dinner and all the different meals with um and then like once I got onto the complex then I was able to start training on the track so uh we were training Tuesday Thursday Friday and then road training outside um and that's also like the first time I had met uh Gary Sutton and Gary is just like, he's one of, by far one of my favorite coaches I've worked with. Yeah. Um, he's super funny, Aussie guy. Yeah. Um, so I'm super thankful. Like, in spite of everything happening this past year, like, the past three months were just a blast. And Yeah. And see, a lot of people can say that, too, about Gary. I mean, like, 
his his knowledge runs deep and if even if you didn't know um mm -hmm. his background which do you, you know his background right yep yep yeah, and so, then also his brother of course yeah yeah so like there's there's that huge background of just him even being a cyclist and world championships yep. and everything and uh you you would never know if you didn't really know him and because he's he's a very humble dude but he's also a very straight yep. shooter uh, and he'll tell you like it is he'll tell you oh, what absolutely. you need to do and that's what that and so that's why I love about Gary. And so um, it's interesting because I, I came to the track with very to little no, to no experience in Colorado. Yeah. Not many people know this, but it's a concrete track. So it's 330 meters. It's inside this bubble that they put up 10 years ago now, maybe. Uh, I want to say they put it up. Yeah, they, they put it up right before London yep. um, to like the like the year before because they wanted a. Uh, to stay at altitude and train. Right. Yeah. So that's the other thing. It's at about 6,200 feet uh, altitude. It's, however, not many people realize just how bumpy the track is because uh, it's not a perfect wood track. And uh, it's pretty good for pursuiting because it's such a big oval. Um, it's all power based, though. You're not getting any forgiveness right. from the track. Yeah. Um, and like ride, like it's really hard to, like, we always have this debate, like, all right, do you ride the black line, water line? Like, what's better because there's You're like still having that debate what's your what's your what's your thought on that i think you just have to hold on to the black line as much I as agree. possible I um i think if it was a 250 for sure the water line um but the banks aren't quite steep enough and like it's funny like obviously i was training with the girls and like we would be warming up and like the banks aren't like it's really awkward to do like a tp exchange because they're not that it's just like this weird kind of like when you go up depending on the speed you have to like go up in turn one yep. coming down out of turn two to get really anything and it, yeah. it really just depends on the speed yeah um but overall like the whole like this whole project i think was super beneficial to um me overall uh, especially in the future because like we're motor pacing almost every session um it's all speed and power work and i was having continuous time like in that position which i think is super important and not enough people really train like their their tt position i know it's not a tt position but they're very similar you can get close i mean but yeah. it's it's kind of hard like that's not something you want to sit in for 40k right right exactly yeah. um but they're very similar so in that aspect i think it was super beneficial like the time i spent on the track yeah so when when you pitch this idea like mm -hmm. there had to be some push pushback in August. Like you had oh, to probably, course. you had to probably give some data or something. And and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. I've seen yeah. it because I follow all those forums and stuff. Mm -hmm. People are, people are upset. They can't get on the track in Colorado Springs right now, which yep. is understandable. Like I haven't been on the track since November of last year, since uh, Glasgow. And uh, yeah, I, I can understand it. And so, but my thing is, it's like, I bet if I could go, if I had data that was like, yeah, I could break the hour record or yep. yeah, I could break the 4k record or right. yeah, I could break the kilo world record. I could go 56 seconds. Yep. I could probably get on. So yeah. what, can you talk about the steps that you kind of had in the hoops you had to jump through or is it kind of a bit? It's, it's a big gray. It, so, yeah. It's a big gray, but no, I'm like, I'm happy to talk yeah. about it. Like, so the first time, like I met Gary was at a coffee shop at good neighbors, which if you're from Colorado, jam. Yeah. Like, everyone knows oh, good neighbors. So like yeah. we, we sit down there, have a coffee, <laughs> yeah. which is like the most like classic Gary thing. And wait, um, so, so before you get going, so at this point you're in Colorado Springs and there's no record on the table at this point, right? Or uh, it's are just, you... in my, it's just in my head. Okay, so that needs to be said. See, when yep. when I heard that you were here, you were solely here to break the record. That's the yep. only reason you were here. So absolutely. But in but you had no access. Like nobody was willing to give you the access yet, right? It was up in the air. So like okay. I I called Jeff Pierce and he spoke to Jim Miller because that's when he had come on board and he said, I said Jeff, like this is what I want to do. Um, obviously, Worlds is canceled. Um, this is everything I have because I had to have my own funding. I have the equipment. I had all these things that I'd been working on leading. Oh, when I kind of knew that Worlds was very unlikely to happen. Mm -hmm. And so Jeff, I think 
really advocated for me and really supported me through this because he saw like the opportunity or the potential um, the guys had like on the for road worlds. Um, and so I think he really wanted to help me out in that sense. Um, and it also helped that like I showed like, all right, this is like, I had a clear map that I talked about like with my own team. It's just that I needed them to now um, help me figure out the logistics and uh, the smaller fine details. Yeah. Um, and so I met up with Gary. Clay was also there, although Clay isn't the men's coach anymore. Okay. Um, and I just told them like, all right, this is like, this is my CDA. Like I, these are the numbers I need to do. Um, this is where I'm at. The things I lacked mostly were um, just like the, ex the experience and like the technique aspect of the track. Mm -hmm. I had the power numbers. Um, I had the position dialed. I'd been to the wind tunnel previously. The skin suits I had dialed. Um, the equipment I had like the frame um, and the gears uh, and the bars. Uh, the only thing I needed were wheels and tires, uh, really. Um, USAC seems to have yep. one of those. Yeah. USAC Cycling was able to completely help me there. But um, my original plan was actually to go down to Aguas Calientes and set cool. it there. So um, what did, did anybody do a data analysis on yep. what it would have been in Aguas? Yeah, so it's funny you say that. So I wrote a 306 447. Mm -hmm. um, I do think if I had another month of preparation and um, I do think I could have gone a couple seconds faster in Colorado Springs if I had used a bigger gear. Okay. Uh, the gearing I used was a 6015. Yeah. I think if I used like a 6114, uh, because I like, I'm pretty punchy, uh, uh -huh. but I also have a pretty high threshold. Like if I had a bigger gear, it would kind of uh, help govern me a little bit yeah. and then um, make the laps with a little bit more even just because like my first K was kind of unreal. And then yeah. I faded hard my third, my I'm third not, K. I was watching and when I heard, I think it was like, you had maybe... 750 meters to go yep. i think i heard like an 09 and i was yep. like no no <laughs> right at that point because i had started like i heard i heard that too and like i was feeling a little shaky as well but yeah. um because i had gone out so hard in the beginning i knew like i kind of had it in the bag i just had to maintain yeah um but of, of course it's a three minute effort so it's like there's not well, a lot it, of thinking it could go south quick it's it's one of those things that it's like i mean because Put it into perspective. We take your start lap out. Yep. You did a 58 second kilo. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Like it, that's unreal. Like, yep. and I didn't really look at the data completely, but yep. I mean, based off like before they even called it, cause I was just listening to the lap splits. Like you never yeah. win a, you never hit a 21. So then in theory, my very last lap was a 21 too. Was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So literally yep. you're, your your lap splits your you did like a 102 last kilo one minute flat front kilo and a 105 right yeah Is that, it, was a one of, it was a 101 so i almost the my 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 standing kilo was actually i was a tenth off of getting the breaking the national record for the kilo Jeez. um yeah no my and so in i the think second like, in the second one no, my standing kilo was a 104.57. Okay. Oh, so the, you're talking about the junior national record. I was thinking of a 58 yeah. second kilo. No, 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 no. I was like, oh, no, that would be ridiculous. Like, Wicked, man. He did, that that in, he did that in Mexico. Like, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, be close yeah. to that. So, um, so back on the topic, because everybody's probably like, shut up, John. We don't want to hear about Colorado Springs anymore. Tell us what you think. Because I know it's going to be some ridiculous time, and that's why you're kind of nervous of saying it. But we used to always do this. We would always sit down and be like, Okay, if this time was in Aguas, what would it have been? It would, we think. <laughs> it would it's, probably a, it's a guesstimate. It would probably be around the three-minute mark. Three flat. That's yeah, kind of I what I thought. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, like, if With I was With the able... potential of probably going sub three is kind of my yeah. thought. I, I think so. That's my belief. Because what, would, what kind of rider would you classify yourself? I would say, like, all-arounder. Like, uh, kind of like also... a classics... Yeah, like kind of a ruler. Um, yeah. But I also, like, I think I can kind of say, like, I'm a time trial specialist, okay. um, even though I, I can't stand saying that. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I like to say like I like to focus on time trials, but yeah, no, that's cool. And so, like, because with Aguas, what I found is it favors you to go out hot. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it favors you because what happens is the air is so thin yep. that you just keep rolling. As long as you don't quit yep. paddling, like you should keep rolling. Yeah. Um, I think the big like, to add to that, like. Um, I haven't posted like my power file publicly yet, but mm-hmm. it is something I know a lot of people are so curious about that. So let's chat about it. I do plan on uh, posting that uh, with SRM. Um, however, so what a lot of people don't realize, like, so with track is it's a fixed gear. Um, <laughs> there's one gear you choose. And um, like, if you really wanted to, you could pedal backwards yeah. um, and you could ride your bike backwards. Um, there, there's no brakes. So when you're starting so obviously you have to put out this huge amount of power to get the gear uh, rolling but once you get it up and so like i was shooting for about 120 rpm 62k ish an hour Uh and so once you get up to that speed and that cadence the gear starts to push over itself so your power actually drops down especially Um, with all the bearings and stuff that you probably are hoping all the ceramic yeah Yeah. Uh, i didn't ride a powdered chain but my chain was also it was very good yeah. um but like looking at like say like someone's file like ghana like who does 600 watts he's in the reality like if you put him on a road bike or a, like a normal bike he would probably be doing like 620 or like yeah. if not more because of the drive train on the track bike it just keeps you rolling like you said with the air so are you releasing are you releasing that uh that file with uh yeah absolutely uh, velo news or something or what are you doing um right now kind of like <laughs> the uh performance team i had kind of created around me they're doing the analysis right now okay. and so they're kind of they want to take their time and really um break, it, break down. it down um but i can tell you like off the cuff like i think i averaged about 520 the okay. first the first kilo was like 680 or something something pretty high obviously like with the standing start the normalized power is about 20 watts higher mm-hmm. um but yeah um what you also have to keep in mind is like i mean that's pretty high relative but like i think some of the higher end athletes could say yeah like i could do that like that's not impossible for sure but it's um, position like you know, start getting into everything a lot of people forget all right you're doing this on a time trial a pursuit bike super aggressive position um you're also on a track so like I was kind of naive in the fact, like it's a track. You just you just you're going in circles. Yeah, yeah. But there's such a, like it's just like there's such a uh, I don't know how to say it. Like like a finesse. Uh, like a there's, there's like such a finesse to it. Yeah. Uh, that so many people underappreciate. Um, and that was the biggest thing that like I had to work on was um just trying to perfect that. And um, I think like. When I did the record, I think I couldn't have done it any better. Uh, on that day, like, I wouldn't have changed anything. Um, like, I'm glad I went out hard. Um, and although I had some a little bit of drop off on the end, like, I gave it my all. And I'm like, that's all yeah. you can really ask for. And, like, you, you can have a plan going into it. Like, um, I can, like, the schedule I had, like, that I talked to Gary right before. I'm like, all right, I want to start out doing a 6-8. A nine 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 two oh two oh two oh and then start to ramp it up like with four laps to go and so like that's a that's a sweet plan that would have put me at like three or five seven but on a race day or like i don't know game day (laughs) um a tenth day or whatever you want to call it um you got to be able to adjust on the fly and so when i heard that first lap i kind of thought to myself i'm like oh shoot like i'm in for it (laughs) But see, you were smart enough, and this is where the experience comes in. Mm-hmm. Once you've cooked it, there's no backpack. There's no adjusting. It's game no. over. Like, you it's just a, got embrace that's it. That's what Gary and I really talked about. He's like, all right, mate, listen, like, there's no, like, I tell the girls, like, obviously, he walks the line for the TP. Yeah. So he never tells anyone to slow down because yeah. Gary gets it wrong sometimes with, or he doesn't get it wrong. He's yeah. just like, he's like. A couple tenths off <laughs> yeah but at, at worst at worst he's also oh. taking it from the half lap yep, so he's exactly. getting it he's getting at the half lap so if you ramp it on the front stretch yep. you could gain a second back around you know what i mean totally yeah yeah 
but he never tells anyone to slow down. It's always maintain, if not pick up the pace. Yeah. Um, and so I told myself, uh, I, I just said like, all right, this is it. Like the conditions were super fast. So like outside it was about like 20 degrees on the day. And then in the track, we actually were able to get permission to turn on the heaters, which made it awesome. And yeah. so it was like 23 or 24 degrees inside the velodrome. Yeah. Um, which is probably like, kids. I don't know, is that like 74 degrees? Yeah. 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 yeah so, about. yeah. Um, no, it was super hot. So like the conditions were great. And also I know the barometric pressure a couple yeah. of days before it went down, which was awesome. Cause I think there was a storm or something. Um, and, but what I would also like to say though, is so I had like, you can do all the planning in the world you want, but two days before the event, I had no idea if it was actually going to happen or not. Really? And I can go back and like, if you saw like my training peaks and like all like my notes, like in my notebook, like you'll see, like I was planning on flying to Colorado Springs August and I'd be gone by September. And that's what I packed my bags for. And like, <laughs> I so didn't have why, any wind. Why two days before? So there were, there, there were a few things that were going on. So I really, I desperately wanted to make this official. Like I wanted, cause oh. I'd, I'd been here for three months. I didn't want to just do like a, like do whatever time and then have all these people say, oh, like, well, it's not this because of that and your bike, whatever. And so I really wanted it to have the UCI official there, USADA to have the sample and electronic timing. So like, there's no arguing if it's this or that. Um, so to me, that was really important. And also like to the sponsors and everyone that was supporting me. Um, and so two day, and then it gets even funnier because like on the day, I had no idea, but apparently the head commissary that came, uh, there was a fire up in Manitou Springs. Oh yeah, that so, same day. Yep, same day. And he had to evacuate like an hour before he came, he was going to come to do, to officialize uh, the event. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and so just to begin, like just organizing this kind of thing especially with the COVID situation was incredibly difficult uh but I really just like um Allison at the OTC was she advocated hugely for me with um the doctors at the uh Olympic Training Center and um being able to get permission like everyone that was in the facility had been tested everyone wore masks like we tried to follow all these guidelines and it also didn't help that Colorado's in Colorado or El Paso County, the, like the cases start to go up. Yeah, we so, just hit red Friday. So like, yeah, we, we go no, back on lockdown. Yeah, it's super unfortunate. And so like, before we were training on, on campus and off campus together, and then we had to separate that about two weeks out from the 19th. Uh, but to go back, like, so I had planned on trying to do this in September, and then October, and then November. Yeah. And then it even got to the point where they like, the UCI told me they're like, all right, like, how does December 19th sound? And I just Jesus. said, like, I just said, like, I'm very sorry. Like, I would love to, but like, I can't stick around any longer. Like, yeah. by then, like, I'm starting things with rally and like, I'm already, I have to start training for next year. Um, and so my off season, like, I had this awesome plan, like, going on like a ski trip and doing some backpacking and all this and that. But um, yeah, like, it, unfortunately, that went away. But uh, that's why like I'm so happy that like on the day like I was able to do the time I did everything kind of came together and um, I just feel super fortunate especially like in this kind of situation that's going on and like I think what I was also so psyched about is like I had the live stream going and I had almost at one point I think 700 people watching and like sure. to me like that was the biggest win at all because I really wanted to kind of be able to show like people like everything that I'd been doing and um that was just like huge for me because um nothing else is going on and I think that also I really want to show people like if you really like put your mind to something and you're motivated enough to tr like devote everything because I feel bad because <laughs> it's almost a little selfish but like I just told my family I'm like listen like I'm just I want to do this um yeah. And like they're like I have their full support, but I didn't see my parents for almost four months. Well, dude, this um, is nuts. Cause like 
literally, I don't, I hope I'm not the only one, but I'm like listening to this mm-hmm. and I have to, I have to remember that was the junior world record. So that means yeah. that you were, you're 18, right? Or 19 yeah. now? I'm 18. Because it, yeah. it has to be race age 18, right? Yeah. That's 18. what makes you a junior. So that means you turned 18 this year. Yeah. You were 18 years old. You mm-hmm. said, hey, I'm going to do this. Yeah. There's a lot of kids that say, hey, I'm going to do this. But then yeah. you sat down, you made a plan. Yeah. Then when you made the plan, you came and you sat down with arguably some of the best coaches in the world. And yeah. you said, this is what I'm doing. Here's my CDA. Here's my power. Here's my funding. Here's, here's mm-hmm. how I'm going to fund it. Like, here's how I'm yeah. going to pay for some of it. Yes, I might need some help in some other fronts, but this is how I'm going to pay for it. Dude, that's insane. So, like, the <laughs> fact that you were even still able to break the record is, like, with just stress alone is wild. Mm-hmm. And then to have, to have almost, you know, your junior worlds and things ripped away from you because of this global pandemic, which, dude, unfortunately, you're not the only person that had that ripped yeah. away from you. But no. arguably, you had a shot. You were a contender. And so the amount of respect I just gained for you on this call alone has been insane. Cause I was like, I was impressed with you from the get go when you broke the record. I mean, to, mm-hmm. to be your age and to hold those kilos, like it goes into my next question of, are you going to ride pursuit, man? Like, are you <laughs> going to try to go for that too? Like somebody's got to beat Lambie. I've tried. It's hard, yeah. but I mean, you got a shot, dude. Are you going to try to go for that? Yeah, so like on that pay, like on that front, like absolutely, like there's a Nations Cup in England in April at the yeah. very end. So like I could do the Spring Classics, and then I could carry really good form, and like also like managing my weight also is good. And so I think like absolutely, that's something I definitely want to shoot for. And like I do think like right now, given like my form and like I think I could, I really wanted to just to go for the 4K just to see like what the hell, like just what to see happen? like what I could put down like on the time um I think like right now I'd be around like the 405 406 range yeah um but I do think like given like a year or so like I do believe like I can be competitive with Ghana um and even Ashton like if he were to come back and I think you I haven't actually met him uh yeah Yeah. um he's uh, he's a corn loving um (laughs) He's probably one of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet in cycling. Um, yeah. He does crazy training rides, but he does coffee shops, stops in every single one. You would think you'd be like a super meticulous dude and like, yeah, stop. But he's the kind of dude that does like 30 thirties and for 30 seconds, he'll stop and pick up yarn. So he's a, he's a wild man. He's a wild man. And he's probably one of the hardest working individuals and one of the most relaxed at the same, you know what I mean? Cause you know, those yeah. guys that are like super stressed 98% of the time, like he, he, he works super hard, but he also mm-hmm. chills super hard. So he's good. Yeah. He's, yeah. And so like, I'm super thankful for, to you just for the fact that like, I think you've re revitalized the team pursuit program. I really <laughs> do. Like I see in a, in a way of like, there's hope down the line like even if we went to 2024 like yeah like the year 2028 you're you know whatever mm-hmm. what is it, 30 no 32 so yeah. 2032 like it's it's insane to think about and wow. so <clears throat> obviously i can't wait to i can't wait to see you see you out there and hopefully get the lineup next to you that'd be sick yeah um, <laughs> thank you and so so now let's dive into rally like mm-hmm. You're growing up quick, I feel like. I mean, you've had to put your whole season together, funding and everything. Now you're yep. getting the opportunity to ride with one of America's best teams and has been one of America's best teams for a while. Yep. How did that come about? Um, how did that conversation come about? Because I feel like yeah. trying to get a convert like contract right now in COVID is pretty hard. No, it's very difficult. Um, and so I started talking to Jonas about, like, Jonas is the GM of Rally. Um, I started talking to him about like beginning of the summer, like back in May and like, it was pretty casual. Like he just said like, Hey, I'm Jonas. Uh, this is my job. And like, um, I'd like to possibly like talk to you later down the road. And so like, I thought I was super fortunate. Like, um, obviously he's been around the block for a really long time. And like, I thought it could possibly be a very, it could possibly be a very good opportunity. Uh, but I told, like, I had some other offers from a few other teams and 
um, I really just tried to like, I just kind of kept that to the back of my head and just, I really was just full on focusing on worlds. Yeah. Um, and also like, that's the beginning of the COVID situation. And I was just kind of grinding. Um, and it wasn't until like, I, I think I got pressured more and more like from teams and, um, like as we got closer to worlds and I just said, listen, guys, like, I just want to hold off. Like, I just want to focus on worlds and then we can have these conversations afterwards. Um, but it obviously then once worlds was canceled, that's when like, all right, like I kind of had to make a decision because most people sign contracts kind of like in the spring, like late spring. And then also kind of towards like July, August, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty uncommon to sign a contract like in September or October. Yeah. Um, it it's wasn't like in year. So. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so like, I didn't really like formally talk to Jonas until about like August. Um, and then I signed around August, September, I think. And then I don't know when it was publicly announced a few, a few months, like a couple weeks later after that. Um, and so it was kind of like everything that they had proposed. Like we talked about race schedule kind of like he obviously asked, like he wanted to see like the kind of person I am, because I think, they weren't necessarily interested in a, in a young guy after Brandon. Um, I think they kind of want to focus the team in other ways. Um, and obviously the team has big aspirations. Like it's no secret that they want to be on the world tour stage. Mm -hmm. uh, the team is, right now is pro Conti. And so that also like helped out with me. Cause like it gives me the opportunity to still do like the world tour races, like the two point HCs, the two point, like I can be, they can, give me the race schedule of a lot of world tour teams but then i also have the ability to race with say like the u23 national team and also like the lower end races that are maybe less competitive but are yeah. still hugely fundamental to like my development um and so like the team the biggest thing for me was also like talking to teams is how um their funding and how stable it was like four or five years down the road. Um, because I didn't want to join a team and then have it, have it fold the next year. Mm -hmm. Um, and so rally like their funding is, uh, it's very secure right now. Um, and that also played a big role in it. Uh, but it was mostly race schedule fundamentals of the team, uh, their funding, um, and just like where I saw, like I would have the best opportunity. And then ironically, like I rode for, or now it's passed. So like I rode for Hot Tubes, the junior development team and Hot Tubes has been around for 20 plus years. And what's so funny is like almost half the roster on the rally team is from former Hot Tubes riders. Yeah, well, I mean, like it's talent and hard work you can tell have gone into both of those teams like yep. sustainability at hot tubes sustainability yep. at rally i mean rally's been around forever mm -hmm. i mean <clears throat> and so to see like how that's kind of unfolded like with gavin yep. Mannion and like those guys all all kind of folding into that team and even was it ben king and joey roscoff just signed as well yep. and those good guys great great american cyclists and i think it's it's always funny to me like you really you really forget who's in the world tour that are yep. American cyclists and, yeah, and like Will Barda, for example, mm -hmm. like everybody found out who he was again, when <laughs> he almost won a stage of the Giro. Like it's yep. insane. And so, or was it the Vuelta? It's one of those. It was the Vuelta, but yeah. Yeah. The Vuelta. yeah. So, but still, I mean, it's, it, it's unreal. And it's like, nobody ever really talks about these riders, um, yeah. but they're, they're there. They're working hard. Right. And that's kind of why I liked you because when you were a junior, you know, mm -hmm. like, you were you were knocking on the door but you were you're a year younger than quinn right or yep, yep. okay so you were knocking on the door and just based off this conversation i feel like i can get a an idea of who you are i feel like if you have a coach you trust and they mm -hmm. say magnus i need you to do x y and z even if that means that your results gone you're yep. gonna do it yeah and you no, did I'd it. Say so. um i'm very much like i <laughs> like consider myself a team player and i i would like to really like I came into, I joined Hot Tubes when I was 15 and from day one, like to, the first conversation I had with Toby is he asked me like, are you prepared to lose for the team to win? And it was just like, I had never heard anyone say that before. And like, it was kind of hard. Cause like I came from ski racing and 
I did cycle cross, so that's kind of individual and like um, mountain biking is individual, but like this whole team aspect in road cycling was just, is very foreign to me. And so that really, I feel like since Toby has told, told me that, like it's definitely stuck with me. And it's, um, I think something that kind of defines my character. Yeah. Um, and I'm hugely grateful for that. And because that's the power of um, kind of that relationship that you can form is like, or that mentality is like, I'll lose this race. However, I'm still a winner because the team's won. And to feel a part of that is greater than any kind of other success because wow. um, I think that's like what creates such a, like we saw that at Road Worlds last year, like yeah. the, the kind of um, sacrifice you do. Um, I want to say for the greater good, but uh, for the uh, good of the team. Um, and so like, obviously, like I knew going to Road Worlds last year, like, my form came around like I think in the beginning of the season like like I knew like what it took and like I just felt a little frustrated but like I also knew just like I had to like continue grinding and it only made me more hungry and like um I knew if I just like continue working hard like eventually uh it would pay off and so going to road worlds I knew like I I truly believed like all right I actually have a chance at winning this but I also know like my teammate is also one of the best juniors in the world. Uh, and I also think that's unique, like especially for the U.S. to have like two guys that have an almost equal chance at winning the race. And so I think- But you, you easily could have screwed it for each other. Oh, absolutely. We could have been, could've. we could have been second, second and last. Yeah. yeah. And no, last, we could have yeah. been like second to last and last in the for race. Sure. Uh, and that's what you see very common, like with like other countries, like Italy, Germany, France, like, it's so competitive within the team, and especially like the elites, like in Belgium and Holland. Like you see it in the U.S. I mean, who, with, with the yeah. higher levels of guys. I mean, yeah, you yeah. do. It's just yep. people fighting for spots. I mean, yep. in the team pursuit, like mm-hmm. there was a lot of that. Like uh, yeah. we'd blow each other up in training to try to make <laughs> sure that we're in the World yeah. Cup rosters. It, yep, it happens, and so I think the and that's why i'm like listening to this i'm like jesus christ this kid's maturity level and just like thought process is unreal because you you pretty much said i will lose but eventually mm-hmm. i'll get my opportunity to win as long as i keep hustling and keep mm-hmm. keep training keep fighting eventually because that person's going to move on yep. and then it's going to be my turn to move on and when it's my turn to move on that's when i'm going to go and and, and and we're watching this all kind of unfold so I mean, man, I'm, I'm so impressed. It's, it's, unreal. Yeah. but, um, but yeah, so 2021, let's say, let's say this vaccine becomes a thing, you know, you're going to training camp in December, like you said earlier before <coughs> January or whatever. Um, what's your goals, man? What's, uh, what's 2021 looking like? I, I mean, how many, how many people are you going to put out of a job, um, for, for this track record? You can put Ghana on his toes. Like what's, what's, what's 2021 look like? Yeah, so like right now, like I'm gonna take some time off. Uh, really, just um, like I put so much time and energy, like mental strain, like on this record. So sure. I'm just I just got home last night, and so um, thanks for jumping on, man. I no, no, no. I know yeah. it, it's great talking to you, and so um, now it's just relaxing, like That's enjoying sick. time at home with my family, with my dog, and uh, unfortunately, I can't see my friends, but um, yeah. at least I'm. I'm at home. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then like, we're going to have a rally camp in December. Um, okay. I'll start training again, like end of December. And I'll probably unfortunately have to leave my family again, like yeah. over the holidays, yeah. uh, which they understand. They're super supportive. They understand it's my job now. Um, and that's the big difference is also like with this record, like I think it's worth mentioning, I'm not getting paid. Uh, yeah. It's purely on my, like for, for me and, my team and sponsors but um that's why i kept trying to reiterate the fact of you planning it like i think <laughs> like that blows my mind like, I, I still i will like i'll go on to like continue talking but um like to go back like the amount of times that i just like i was so close to just saying you know what this isn't worth it like the yeah. mental like like why am i doing this and i don't really know what it like 
I don't know what it was. Probably like this whole year of just kind of going down the drain, and that's maybe what like helped me pers- um, like continue pursuing it. But at some point, like I was so close to just packing the bags and going home. Wow. Um, but anyway, so like um, I'll do the rally camp, start training. I'll probably be in California uh, out west because it's good weather there. Yeah. Um, and then we'll have another camp in Spain in January. I'll go to the wind tunnel as well in the, uh, during the new year. Um, so I'll get the bikes dialed, the equipment dialed. Um, which, which wind tunnels do you go to? Do you specialize or you the one in North Carolina? Um, the A2 in North Carolina. So, yeah, in, so that's like Keith Dotson and who else, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the A2. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and so, then I'll go to Europe. I'll probably, I'll be based in uh, Girona just because the team has a service course there. Uh, and also a lot of the teammates will be based there. And for the, like, I'm not crazy about kind of following like where everyone else is. Like I like to kind of do my own thing, but like, um, I think later on in my career, I'd maybe like to move somewhere else. That's maybe a little less quiet and, um, crowded with all these like tourist cyclists. Yeah. and kind of be able to like do my own thing but i think for the first year i think it's really important to like settle pull in the card pull, pull yeah the, pull the world tour card that's her <laughs> the future pro card you gotta live in Girona, i guess right like you've yep. made it once you live there yeah um and like i'll have a really good support network so like with teammates and i think that's really important the first year especially being 18 i've never lived in europe full full time i've been there max like three months for like yeah. cyclocross and my family lives in Norway, so like I've visited them for extended periods of time. Um, and so I'll be in Girona. We'll start racing, hopefully, like February. Um, and then the U23 races are all in March. Rally doesn't race that much in March because that's when like Terena, Adriatico, Paranese, Milan Sanremo, uh, all those races are happening. So, um, I'll probably be able to kind of get a break from rally race with the national team. So get well again, uh, Ronde van Vlaanderen, um, Roubaix is a little bit later, but, um, some of those other really big, um, one point nation scout races. Yeah. Um, and those are races I all want to target. Of course. Uh, I'm not really sure what the roster would be like, uh, cause a lot of the U23, a lot of the U23s we have now are on the world tour teams. And so Bobby I, Lang. <laughs> another ski guy yeah, yeah um and so like i don't think quinn would do like the national team stuff because yeah. uh, he'll be with trek um so that's the cool thing with rallies i can do the u23 stuff um i think maybe uh Avenir i'd want to do uh later on in the year but it's also i'd also want to get experience and um rally kind of gets to dictate a lot of it um and i think the first year like it's not too too important like for me to say like i have to do this race yeah um it's just kind of racing in a variety of stuff and like i said like i'm kind of an all-arounder um and so like maybe i'll be able to see like truly like okay i am i really like this and i know i'm really good at it and kind of specialize but overall like i want to continue because i think you're seeing like with the guys at the top level, like they can do everything well, yeah. uh, exceptionally well, <laughs> I should say. Like you see Wout like sprinting for stage wins in the tour and then also leading Roglic up these like <laughs> unclassified climbs. Uh, and then he also TTs like super well. And so I think it all just complements each other. So yeah. it's something I want to continue doing because I just, I just think it's fun just to smash uh, and just, and just to, go so deep and put everyone in the box so yeah um yeah and then i hope to be able to uh start a couple at least 2.8 c races so i can get that kind of high-end experience and i can start to know what it feels like um and so the biggest goal of the season will be worlds because it's in flanders so that also i think suits me really well um it'll be like a mini I don't know, like it's on, it's kind of by the Coxida area. Yeah. Uh, and then like the time trial is a point to point. Um, it's not crazy technical, but there are some turns, but it's going to be definitely super windy. So um, are you going to go for the, are you going to go for the time trial or are you going to go for the, 
the, I'd want to go for both. 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 Yeah. That's the goal. I think I think going for the time trial only comp- complements you going for the road race. For sure. Um, so I'd want to go for both. Um, and especially like it being in Flanders would be just like super cool because that's like the pinnacle of European and also world cycling. For sure. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And um, yeah, that's dude. That's, that's my season. That's awesome, man. And, and yeah, I don't want to keep you all day, but we do this thing on the podcast, which I don't know if I let you know. I let some people know and I don't let other people know. But <laughs> I, I do a segment on the podcast where um, <clears throat> essentially if you can have a cup of coffee with one person, dead or alive, who would that person be? How would you take your coffee? And you're not old enough to drink, so the only other thing that you can drink <laughs> is, is uh, tea. So who would that person be and uh, why? Jeez, that's tough. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I mean, you totally it's, put me on the spot here. Okay, so cool. I didn't send you the email. So usually, usually <laughs> I, I, um, I don't let anybody know because I, I just love to see what their quick gut reaction is. I get yeah. some pretty good answers. Um, and it's anybody, man. I mean, like, because yeah. I mean, if you're a ski racer, you, you pick ski guys, you know, anybody. Yeah, I would probably say, like, I'd probably want to sit down and drink coffee with um, <laughs> uh, Ingmar Stenmark. Uh, okay. Because he's the great, I think you can argue he's the greatest skier of all time. Um, yeah. And I mean, he's a legend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he has the most World Cup wins of like 70 or 80, 89 wins. Um, and obviously like Lindsey Vaughn was very close, but um, there weren't as many disciplines when he raced uh, yeah. back in the day. And, um, no, Ingmar. Yeah. Absolutely. How would you take your coffee? I would take it, you know, like I'm not like, I don't like my coffee super sweet, but like, yeah. like just like a little bit of milk. Just enough milk to just like yep. kind of give it enough. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. perfect, man. Well, thank you so much, dude. I really appreciate you jumping on and taking the time, yeah. especially, you know, now that I know the stressful three months that you had, like, cause I think a lot of people think you just kind of rolled in here, did a couple <laughs> of track training sessions and just did it. Um, so it's good to get the uh, behind the scenes mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, man, uh, guys, if you haven't already, be sure to check out Magnus's social media. He is riding for rally next year. So check out rally, check out hot tubes as well. I mean, another freaking team that has put together a crazy talent and it looks like, not only is are they talented athletes, but they are also super smart um, and uh, super willing to listen in the sense of willing to sacrifice their freaking seasons for their teammates. So that's super cool. Uh, so check them out all in the description in the below. Other than that, guys, peace. Thanks.